This is Software Defined Survival, where we explore how software-defined systems are changing the business of AVIT. Today on Software Defined Survival. Every custom installer in the world, they did not realize that they are not doing home entertainment anymore. With the control system that we have, we can create the perfect scenario that will arm someone, maybe kill someone. When a customer opens the door of your shop, he already know, you know, you will not just act like a sniper. One shot, one kill, next client. From today on, you do not sell technology anymore. You sell peace of mind. Hello there, my name is Patrick Murray, and today's guest on Software Defined Survival has a background in the home cinema scene in Paris, France, which over the years evolved into the luxury smart home integration market. He is a columnist for Smart Integrations Mag and served as co-founder of Krika, a remote monitoring platform for integrated AV and smart home systems. Please welcome Bruno Napoli. Bruno, welcome. Hey, Patrick, thank you very much for having me on your show. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Is there anything about that introduction that you'd like to correct or expand upon? Uh, no, it was okay. Well, it was good, actually. Thank you. You're welcome. That's, that's your LinkedIn profile at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, how, how did you get started in AV? Give us some of the details about how you wound up in, in the AV industry. Okay, I started, I mean, what, I, I was an electrician before. I'm graduate from, for, for, uh, from uh, electricity. Uh, so I went out of school very early to switch into the professional uh, channel, learning channel, you know. So I, I, I've been a, an electrician before. And uh, I had a passion for audio and video by that time. I was 18 um, at, at this time, and I bought my first laser disc player. So my my first step into AV was my laser disc player back in 1989. That, that that was when I buy my first when I bought my first laser disc player. And since that day, I never went out of uh, AV and home cinema. And um, one day, it was in 1992, um, I was in Paris working as an electrician, and there is a new audio and video shop that was opening in Paris, and I went there to buy new laser discs, and I noticed that they had no one to sell uh, and no one to install the home cinema. We, we call it home theater by that time, if you remember, it was home theater. Okay, you're right. So, so I, I, I talk with the boss and I told them, you know, I'm an electrician, I have passion for uh, audio and video, so it means that I can install anything as an electrician. I can drill holes in any walls, I can uh, put speakers on the wall, I can, I can do the job of installing home cinema if you want, please hire me. And, and in 1992, it, it 
it was my first step into professional um, audio and video as a, a sales guy in an AV shop and installing home cinema. And since 1992, I've done almost every possible job in this industry. I've been a manufacturer of closed caption decoders. I've been a distributor. I've been, um, um, uh, how can I say it, um, a journalist, a columnist. Uh, I did almost everything. I explored this industry. Fascinating. So that's a, a great background. Um, I love the fact that uh, that you were certified as an electrician. So you were really in the building construction industry. And I know you have some, some uh, passionate thoughts about that. And uh, we're going to dig into that in a little bit. But from all of those projects, all these different positions you've held, what was um, what do you think was your most successful project or product, and uh, what what made it special for you? Mm. Um, let me think about it. My most passionate can I say this passionate project? Sure. Okay, my most passionate project was uh, certainly Krika. Uh, even if it. It, it, even if it ends up uh, with some, some kind of a failure, um, it was the most interesting uh, that we did. Uh, let me give you a little background of how it started. Uh, I mean, 10 years ago, I was into the, you know, uh, Windows Media Center stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe people can remember Windows Media Center program. So um, I was building computers with Windows Media Centers and sell it to custom installers in France. And um, it was working quite good. We, we put a lot of um, a TV tuners inside so we can record TV, we can play Blu-ray. So that was my stuff. And then little by little, my Windows Media Center computer uh, turns into uh, Blu-ray and DVD servers. I was uh, making those servers. You know, it's like it's like Calade Escape. You know, if you know Calade Escape, and everyone know this company, sure. uh, it, it was the same. So you have a, a server, you can put your Blu-ray and DVD inside, it will copy it, and then you can play it over the network uh, in of your home and have your Blu-ray and DVD in all the TV of your home. So that, that was my, my job. I had a company to do that. And my servers, you can buy it only through my certified channel of custom installers. And I realized that I spend 50% of my support time, the, 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 the support that I, I was giving to custom installer, 50% was about network problem. Mm-hmm. Because when you are playing, when you play a Blu-ray through the local network of the end user, the local network should be bulletproof. And custom installers, I mean, network for custom installer is quite new. It's not their job. They've been forced to do network and they do not really understand it 100%. So a lot of problem of my Blu-ray and DVD players um, uh, servers was about 
the custom installer who were struggling with the local network. And it, I mean, it's not my problem, it's the custom installer problem. So I can say to my custom installer, you know what? My product is working perfectly. You don't know how to handle network. So come back when you learn your lessons. So I cannot, I cannot say this because if, if I say this, they, they will not like me and, and they will say, your servers is too difficult to make, to, 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 to handle. Yeah. So I had to find a solution to help them. I had to find a solution to be able to be, to be more effective, more efficient when I was helping them dealing with the local network of their clients. Mm -hmm. So with my brother, Julien, we decided to create a program that will be installed in all Blu-ray and DVD servers. And this program was basically scanning the network, logging everything, um, querying devices to get the status, you know. So um, when a custom installer called me and said, Bruno, your server is not working, uh, the image uh, is freezing on the TV, on, the, on, on certain TV, I can tell them, it's not my server. Look, this is the logs. This is everything that happened on your network. You, you have to check this. So I, I had, I, uh, with my brother, we developed this special tool uh, that was helping me to give a better support to my custom installer. It's like if Khalid Escape have its own um, remote supervision network system into every server. So from, so, so from that time, I dramatically reduced the time I spent giving support to custom installer because I had a remote monitoring system that was monitoring every aspect of the local network. And then my brother told me, you know, Bruno, the program that I developed for you into your server, we can install it in a Raspberry Pi and sell it. And I said, okay, good, show me. So he crossed the street, he, buy, uh, he bought a Raspberry Pi, he, he installed his program into it, and it was working. And I saw, so I tell to my brother, you know what? We're gonna make a company together, and we're gonna sell this little box to every custom installer in the world. They will love this box, because it will help them to be proactive, to, to know the problem, to find out a problem before the end user, you know, you know, I'm not going to tell you about remote supervision. We all know what remote supervision can, can, can give. So we create this company, Krika, and we started to sell those remote supervision device to custom installer in the world. And, um, and we had, our words in the press, we, that was good, but eventually we find out that custom installers in the world, they do not really want to do remote supervision. So this is another problem. But I spent a lot of time on this and, and it was the most incredible um, adventure of my life, this Krika stuff. Excellent. Um, you mentioned a lot of things there that I'd like to circle back to you, but uh, 
what was that one thing that made it so special for you? Was it creating a new product? Was it solving the solution? Um, was it interacting with integrators? It, it, it was everything because um, it, it was really an adventure. I mean, I had, it, it was I, um, all at the same time. I mean, um, I had a problem. I had to resolve that problem. Mm -hmm. um, so I create, I, my brother and I, we create something. We, we went into, a, we, we were exhibiting in ISE, CDA show and blah, blah, blah. And, and we, can, we can see this trend of remote supervision right. uh, getting more and more in, uh, 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 attention. More Yes, importance, you know, it, 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 it was a real trend, you know, I remember, I think in C Pro, in, the mag, in C Pro magazine, I mean, one year later, uh, one year bef um, from now, uh, remote supervision was on the top five trend in, um, in, um, in the AV industry. I mean, we were supposed to, to become millionaires within one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yes, th that was... That was incredible because from that little little problem I had with custom installer, this little problem that I had to give a better support, we developed this solution. And I remember that one day I call a custom installer to tell them, uh, you just install one of my server. I would like to inform you that we install a software inside that can do this and this and this. And he told me, ah, you are doing the same as Iheji. I said, what? Who? <laughs> he said, yes, Iheji is doing this already. Oh, so that day I discovered that I was not the only one in the world who doing this. <laughs> and, and, and there is already a company in USA that was doing this for many, many years before me, before us. And then came, and then came Domots, and then came uh, Oversea uh, from Snap AV, and then came uh, Backpack in um, in uh, package. So, it, it, it remote supervision become a real big trend uh, one years ago, one year ago, and in the end, custom installer in the world did not take this trend. They, they didn't, um, uh, how can I say, they didn't um, take the opportunity of remote supervision. Yeah, I could really, I could really identify that with that, um, the excitement of, of the startup journey. It, it, could yes. really, it could be an addicting thing where you see a problem, you have a solution for it, getting out there, talking to people about it, and uh, actually seeing some traction. And then that initial shock of finding out that other people are also having the same solution. And yes. I think competition, uh, there's never really direct one-to-one -one competition. Everybody kind of does things in their own way. Even if the solution is exactly the same, the support will be different or the price structure will be different or the distribution. There's always these nuances. So I think um, with trends like this, there's always space for several different solutions um, of course, and we need each other. I mean, yeah. I mean, if if IHG was the only one in the world doing this, they cannot communicate to everyone. They cannot be, uh, you know, to create a trend. We should be more than one. Sure. So, 
So the more remote supervision manufacturer we are, the biggest the trend become, and, and we need each other. This is why I never, I was always happy to talk with IEG guys, with the Domots guy. We were, and we are still like a family. We need each other to make this thing big. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the market didn't respond as we wanted. That's life. That's the life of an entrepreneur. So I want to go back to something you said, and that'll circle right back to this whole idea of installers and their relationship with remote services or any kind of recurring service. Yeah. You mentioned before that installers are forced to work on the network. So if you take a, just take a hi-fi shop, for example, that starts doing custom installations, their passion, their foundation is in audio and video, right? Yeah. To be able to cut that analog cable in the middle and solder some new connectors on there. And yeah. we had that flexibility. We really understood at the level of the metal, the copper itself, sure. what was going on. And now we've just got this one cat cable and we really have no idea what the heck is going on on there. And even IT people don't completely understand at any given moment what's happening, which is why we have all of these tools and certifications to deal with things. And that's something that is just not going away. And I think it's affecting many, many different industries. So a sure. lot of people are dealing with this migration to the network and figuring out how to stay relevant uh, yes, it, in that kind of a world. If you think about it, almost, uh, almost all, okay, almost all, let's say, let's say, even if it's not true, but let's say, let's say that almost all custom installer in the world came from hi-fi and video shop, okay? Let's say this. In resi, I think that's... Yes, in the resident, in the, in the residential, yes. They come, they come from this. They, they sign the contract to sell hi-fi and video and drill, drill holes in the walls of people to put speakers and to, and to hook up TV on the walls and to design and build home cinema. This is what they want. Okay, and suddenly, suddenly they should be IT guys. I mean, they never sign for this. Yeah, they never really want this. Sure, it's more a pain in the butt for them than you know. This is why a lot of custom installers today they are not very. They, they do not take a great attention to the local network. As long as it works, let's connect the stuff. As long as it works, it's okay. Okay. What they do not really understand is as soon as you connect a device on the local network of your customer, you just create a security breach. And you, are and you are responsible for this. A possible security breach. Sure. Yeah. You, you just install a new, you install a new um, control, control processor, okay? Yeah. It, it can be a control for Crestron, you name it, whatever. You install something that is connected. Let's say you, you install a new Blu-ray player, just, just a Blu-ray player in your customer's place. And the Blu-ray player is connected to the local network. 
you just create a potential new security breach. Accept it or not, like it or not, you now, the custom installer, are responsible for this new potential security breach. Because maybe this Blu-ray play player will be hacked one day and transform into a robot that will do bad things. So you have a responsibility. As well as the manufacturer. That could be a whole other discussion of where I, is I that know, line? I know, but, but you just install this. So you have a duty to inform your customer and tell them, okay, this device is connected. I don't want to scare you. I don't want to, to scare you, but you should know that um, you should do all the firmware update. You, you should, every custom installer should have a, a discharge of responsibility paper. I see. Yeah. And to tell, to tell your customer, okay, today I install this and this and this. These are connected devices. You, the, here are the best practices. You should go to the website of the manufacturer every two months, check if there is a, a firmware update, and doing it yourself so you can keep your home to the maximum level of security. I don't never use the, 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 the term um, uh, bulletproof because it's not, okay? But the term is maximum level of security. Sure. Then, today I inform you this. You can do it yourself, and then you sign me a discharge responsibility. Or if you want, I can do it myself, meaning that every six months, every four months, I will come to your home to check if the local network is working, to check if everything is updated, and you will pay me for this. You know? So it's, um, it's a brand new... It's a brand new um, uh, way to, to make money by, by making recurring revenue. But the, the, the thing is, you should inform your customer. And the problem is today in the residential uh, custom installer, they install the stuff. They never inform the customer that device should be updated as long as it works and they go away. It means that the end user does not know that even even if the end user would love a maintenance contract, mm. it just he he even don't know that it exists. Yeah, it sounds like it's a it's a good habit to get into to have that conversation. I think in the residential area, it is a difficult conversation to have because you're fighting against the, the flow of consumer devices, which will probably be cheaper than whatever it is you're installing. And uh, to point out the shortcomings of it, which every device has anyway, and everybody knows their printer, um, everything has firmware that's running sure. on it. Sure. Yeah, but as you point out, it could be another service to offer. To uh, you know, it's it's a natural discussion. I mean, I mean, you should not be afraid to have this discussion with your customer because customers they are not stupid. They know that everything is failing. They know it. Yeah. Okay, and they know. I mean, they are secretly afraid of technology. They know that every time there is technology thing, there is a problem inside. So if you're a custom installer in the residential, even before 
you start to talk about the feature of the things that you're going to install, you can start to talk about what makes you different from your competitors. We are specialized in service and maintenance, meaning that we will not let you down, meaning that three times a year, we will come to your home to check everything. It will cost you, it will cost you three hours of work time, time three, because we will come three times a year to check everything. But this is the only way for us to uh, make sure that your home will be at the highest security possible level. And on top of that, we will install a remote supervision box, whatever the brand, uh, that will give us insight about what's happening to your network. This should be, when you start the conversation with this, with your customer, they will buy from you more technology because they know that you will be there. Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, it sounds like that could be a real differentiator, just having a dedicated service and maintenance department that will, might set you apart from sure. most of many installers out there. And when you explain it like that, it all makes perfect sense. And I'm sure many people listening to this show have, have heard this logic before. Why isn't it being applied more often? What is it that's really holding, um, yeah, custom residential integration space from offering remote services? Uh, I, I don't really know. And, and, and um, uh, as I told you, Krika, was not working very well. I mean, the company, the, the, the product is working very well. The company was not working very well because, uh, because custom installers in the world, I mean, worldwide, they struggling to make service and maintenance contract. And I tried to help them. I, I am doing a lot of course, you know, training, to explain them how to sell service and maintenance. And it's always the same problem. Yes, my customer do not want. I, I, I tell them, yes, but because you introduce service and maintenance in the end, at the end of the conversation. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, if you have, you know, your, 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 your truck, on your truck, you should have printed on your truck in big letters, we are specializing in service and maintenance of smart home. I mean, on your business card, you should have, we are, you know, you should broadcast this message, you know, on the window of your shop, you should have, we are specialized in service and maintenance. It should be obvious when a customer opened the door of your shop, he already know that you will not let them away, you know? You will not just act like a sniper, one shot, one kill, next yeah. client, you know? Yeah. So if, put yourself in the, uh, put yourself um, at, um, switch your mind with the mind of a, a, um, a customer. You open the door of a, a shop, 
and there and there is this guy who's trying to sell you a lot of technology and and you think in your head oh my god there's going to be a lot of technology in my home how am i going to to make this work for a long time do you think that this guy in front of me will always be there to help me so maybe i'm going to buy just uh, not a lot of technology just the minimum possible but if you open the door of this shop and you know in advance that this guy will always be there you will buy technology like crazy Wow. I love that perspective. I think that's some great tactical device for any small resi integrators out there to uh, change their image and their branding. But something else that I'm hearing, it sounds a lot like the same problem of being forced to work on the network. We come from nice speakers, big display, that home cinema thrill, and we're being forced into the network and support is also kind of similar it feels like it sounds like that might be something that we're not all that passionate about where we want to build this system create this great experience but the ongoing support is kind of another skill that may not let let me tell you let me tell you my thought about this okay from my point of view every custom installer should i mean in the residential should team up partner Mm -hmm. with an it company okay that's, f- f- from my point of view, there is no way, okay? And I can, I, I, I would like to use the F word, but I will not, okay? Go ahead, I'll bleep it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there is no f***ing way that a custom installer is managing the network. It is not his job, and he is not able to guarantee the maximum level of security to end user. And he will not be happy to do that. And he will not be happy to support that. It's a pain in the butt for custom installer. And in the other hand, there is a lot of professional that are doing only this. Yeah. So it's a transfer of responsibility. You know, when in the construction site, there is different body. You have electrician, you have the plumber, you have the HVAC, and all those people are specialized. So if you're a custom installer, please team up with an IT company. They will take the responsibility of the network. They have all the tools. They have they, they have the, the, the device to certify the cable. They have they have everything. And when there is a problem on the on the network, you call them. Yeah. Custom installer, they all they want is make a little more money by selling a, a switch and Wi-Fi access point. But it's, I mean, it's this money is a poison. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And and more than this, they do not really understand the level of responsibility they have now. You know. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So you're a custom installer, you're specialized in AV, audio, video, home cinema. That's your thing. Now, team up with another company. Interesting perspective. I think that's uh, 
That's really good advice. Now you mentioned uh, something about insurance there, insurance policies. Can you tell us more of your thoughts about how that ties into this whole thing? Ha. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a big uh, a big insurance company. Insurance policies is today a, a big uh, a big thing for me. Today, if you are a custom installer, okay, think about what kind of insurance policy do you have? You have an insurance policy that is covering you to sell cash and carry things into your shop, from your shop. Maybe your insurance company will cover you if you go to deliver and maybe connect a TV. Mm -hmm. Are you sure that your insurance policy will cover you if you are doing by yourself a smart home that will control opening the doors, um, controlling the HVAC, controlling the water boiler, controlling the sparkling system uh, to that water the garden. You know, everyone who is working on a construction site normally should have special training, special schools, special degree, special insurance company, special security degree and stuff like this. You know what I'm talking about. You, you, know, you cannot normally, if you're a plumber, you should be a professional plumber. But we are just the AV guys. So <laughs> that's, that, that's, that also might, might be an issue. Uh, I would like everyone in the residential, uh, every professional in the residential um, area to be sure that their insurance company uh, are covering everything that they are doing. Now, one day I talked with a custom installer and he told me, yes, you know what? I call my insurance company and I tell them, I told them that now I am doing um, uh, high voltage stuff. So I pay a little more and they covering me for high voltage. And I told him, so you just told me that with a phone call to your insurance company, you have now the same coverage than an electrician and that electrician should be certified. You know, you, you know what I mean? That's, it's, it's not working like that. If you call your insurance company and you want to have high voltage uh, covering, uh, maybe your insurance, in, maybe in the, the, the terms and, uh, maybe in the terms and condition of your insurance company, it's written that, of course, we are covering you, but you should be a certified professional electrician. Insurance companies are not here to verify if you are a professional electrician. Yeah, a, a lot of the things that we do, um, let's face it, 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 it has to do with safety in many cases nowadays. Like if you're installing a, a controlled door lock, for example, that, that has a direct impact on the security of the home. And I think it's easy to lose sight of those things sometimes. So um, that's- Of course. Uh, Every custom installer in the world, they did not realize that they are not doing home entertainment anymore. <laughs> I mean, the home entertainment cannot arm people. 
You cannot kill someone with home entertainment. Depends on the movie. It, yes, but just the home entertainment. I mean, distributed audio and distributed video. If it's not working, your client will be off. Right. But that's, that's all. That's all. But today, we are controlling the home. With the control system that we have, we can create the perfect scenario that will arm someone maybe kill someone. So we are dealing with safety, the security of people. And we are just the hi-fi and video guys um, with not really any certification. Maybe we have a manufacturer certification that is worth nothing in front of a judge. You know, Mm. it's... It's um, it's complicated today. Yeah. So l- let me just wrap up some of this advice that you're giving us. Um, yep. The first one is is to consider changing the image of 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 your company to uh, one of service and maintenance, and putting that prioritizing that, putting it up front. Yes, from, from today, you know what? Yeah. From today on, you do not sell technology anymore. You sell peace of mind. You sell the fact that you'll be there. Your customer, they can buy technology everywhere. They cannot buy peace of mind everywhere. So this is the most important. You should broadcast, say to everyone that you are maintaining the system. Yeah. And then partnering with uh, specialists, especially in the IT space, to make sure you could uh, follow up on that promise. And the other thing you mentioned was really to look at all the technologies you're delivering and, and seeing if there's any kind of, uh, yeah, any kind of safety issues or liability issues that, that may come back to you. Is there anything else that, um, any other advice you would have as we move into this new era where consumer devices are driving our industry, where everything is on the internet, everything is being streamed, um, applications are becoming simpler and delivered with with uh, simple devices like the Echo Dot, what what kind of advice do you have for um, uh, AV installers, residential, anybody in the residential space that wants to remain relevant moving forward? Mm. Uh, we all know that our we, we all know that our industry is changing very very quick. Okay, some of some of us don't want to realize it, but it's changing fast, very very fast. And I think that every custom installer today, every um, every um, uh, home technology professional, they should consider to deliver. They already know that the margin on the device that they sell is going to be um, uh, smaller and smaller. Okay, so they will have to find another way to make margin. And this is in delivering service. I mean, if you think about it, everything is going to be software almost, okay? Everything is going to be software soon. And, and people will need maintenance for this. Um, so you should prepare yourself to transform yourself into a service company. A service company that will give to clients service and maintenance contract. 
Excellent. Thank you so much for that. Um, are you working on anything interesting that you'd like to share with us? Oh, I just got a new job. <laughs> I'm, I just got a new job today, um, and I'm going to move in Hong Kong. I'm going to in, in a few in a few weeks. I'm going to move in Hong Kong. I'm going to work for a lighting company. So I'm 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 moving from the AV to the lighting, and it's a company that is making. Haute couture, I mean custom design, uh, facade lighting, and internal fixtures. Internal fixtures. So I will still be into the um, wealthy residential market, but not for AV, but for light. Excellent. Well, wish you all the luck with that. Thank you. If, uh, if anyone would like to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just uh, search for Bruno Napoli and you will uh, you will find me on LinkedIn. Great. Bruno, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Patrick, for having me. If you or anyone on your staff ever considered themselves just an AV programmer, join the club. That's how I used to feel. I was just an AMX programmer or just a Crestron programmer. Whatever language of your choice is, whatever it may be, there's generally this feeling in AV that we're not capable of using modern programming languages. And it simply isn't true. Sure, there's a learning curve, but once you get through it, all other languages become easier to learn and it just expands the amount of options you have when designing a system. It's not an either or decision. You don't say, I won't be using these manufacturer tools anymore. It's just you have a broader palette to choose from. And here's what Mark Day, founder of Ideabox, had to say about his experience with the online courses at learnavprogramming.com. You know, Patrick, it's funny how the smallest things can sometimes be the start of really big ideas. Uh, before I took the learnavprogramming.com courses, I was in that proprietary... I'm only a control system programmer kind of mindset, right? Uh, when it came to new technologies or current technologies like JavaScript or, or things like that, for some reason, I thought that was different from what I'm doing. And what taking your courses flipped for me was not so much what I learned technically taking the courses. It was the mindset of, oh, wait a second, I'm already doing 99% of what some of these most modern programmers are doing. I just have to learn, uh, you know, the other 1%. And that's really what I did. So it's really been kind of a big change after taking the course. Um, and I would really recommend this course to any integrator. Not only will it obviously help their skill set, but more importantly, it might change their whole mindset uh, which is more important and, and, and really show them new opportunities, open the door so they kind of see problems through a different lens. Uh, I got to tell you, one of the, the biggest changes for me was as soon as I taught myself HTML, CSS, JavaScript and saw the UIs that I can make with those technologies, I, I, I just couldn't sell a uh, Crestron touch panel again. Mark is a great example of somebody who takes new information and really applies it. I know that Mark still sells a lot of Crestron equipment, but for him, for his company, for his customers, for his business, 
He needed a better UI. He needed another option for a user interface and modern programming allowed him to do that. So the question is, how can you use modern programming to improve your business? Please go to learnavprogramming.com and wherever you see a sign up button, go ahead and sign up and you'll get some free information to get a feel of my learning style and what kind of information is available. And of course, it would be an honor to have you enroll in one of our courses and help you upgrade your skills and take this industry to the next level. Thanks for listening to Software Defined Survival. I hope you found it useful and maybe it inspires you to try out something new this week. If you have any questions, Go to softwaredefinedsurvival.com and click the appropriate button. I'd love to answer your questions on the air. And if you'd like to help spread the word, please subscribe, comment, and share it with your friends. Thanks.